We're live. And we're live, guys. Welcome back to Everything EOS, the longest running EOS podcast. We have a very, very special episode today. As you can see, we have a couple guests, uh, Chris and Jesse from Effect AI, who I'll introduce in just a moment. But before we get started, I do need to mention, please give a like on this video, subscribe. And before we get started, none of what any of us say should be taken as legal, financial, tax, professional, or any other kind of advice. We're just a bunch of people talking about exciting open source projects. And in this case, that project is Effect AI. So Zach, do you want to go ahead and uh, intro the two guests that we have on the show? I am here with Chris Daw, the CEO of Effect AI, and Jesse Isis, but not the terrorist, right? Um, uh, he's the CTO and the brains behind the operation. Um, why don't you guys uh, give a little bit of background on yourselves and let the audience know um, what brought you to Effect AI and what you do at Effect AI? Um, I have history in artificial intelligence, so I studied at a university here in Amsterdam, uh, the bachelor and the masters. I worked at several tech startups before this, um, working on several different types of algorithms. Uh, at one point, I was making genetic algorithms that uh, create and, and uh, design websites. I made some algorithms that create 3D models from 2D uh, pictures of faces, so you can have a photorealistic 3D model of your face just from a picture. Um, so I've been, I've been in that scene for a while and, and back then I noticed that uh, structuring data is a really big pain you have when developing AI algorithms and when you're, when you're in the AI market. Um, I've been a big blockchain fan for a long time, so from the early days I've been really interested in the technology behind it. And um, yeah, so, so my, my, my dream and my vision was always to sort of combine the two and, and to have that open and transparent and efficient uh, uh, characteristics of blockchain and being able to combine that with AI and the AI market. Uh, so that's also during that time that I met Chris. Um, and yeah, we had some beers and, and uh, discussed all this and philosophized about artificial intelligence and blockchain and where it's all going. Um, and yeah, that's how this came to be. So, so what we are is artificial intelligence on the blockchain. So decentralized uh, network for artificial intelligence services. I'm happy to have Jesse on here. I haven't actually seen you on any of the podcasts. Chris always steals the spotlight. He's always doing the, <laughs> yeah. the Max Daps and the ES Voter, all the other uh, podcasts. I only see Chris. I've never seen Jesse. And someone in the chat actually called out your swag. That is some sweet swag you got on there, Jesse. How, how could uh, we, we get yeah. those in, in the audience here? Hopefully soon you can buy some for EFX. Uh, it, it would be really oh, awesome. Cool. We had some suggestions lately from the community that they would love to buy some swag using their earned EFX on our platform. Uh, so that's definitely something we would like to uh, introduce. Yeah, this is the real force, which is our first product, Effect Force. That's awesome. So, yeah. How did you two meet? Did you guys know each other before Effect Force? Um, yeah, so I'll, I'll do the quick intro. It's not as flashy as, as, as my, my pal here, Jesse, uh, but I, I've been a serial entrepreneur since I was a little kid. Um, always looking at different things that excite me and interest me. Um, and I really got into to blockchain technology and cryptocurrency trading uh, in 2014, 2015, um, and uh, got deep into to the technology itself and then started working for a tech firm. And that's where me and Jesse met in 2016, um, I think. And uh, yeah, the rest, the rest really is history. There was one night that he said he was moving to Silicon Valley. That's when I jumped up to the table and said, listen, I've written a white paper and you have to hear me out and you can't go to Silicon Valley until you hear me. Um, of course, I hadn't written anything. And uh, so, yeah, it, it was a funny, a funny, funny story of a silly white paper, but it gave uh, Jesse and our other co-founder, Lawrence, uh, 
some of the foundational ideas of building out uh, what today is Effect.ai. So it's been a, a pretty interesting and fun journey. So when it, it comes to the overall project, you know, people generally ask a, a startup or a company, what is the problem you're trying to solve? What's the, the problem that you see at Effect.ai that you're actually solving with Effect Force and that launch coming up today? So in first instance, what, what we're solving is um, that the AI market, it's, it's growing very rapidly. It's, it's, it's crazy. It, it's like uh, currently we're seeing a big upward trends in the amount of data that's collected and the money that's being invested in the AI market. The predictions for the, like, the size of the AI market is ridiculously high. So um, we believe it's, it's, it's an industry that needs a lot of care and a lot of thought and, and a lot of alternatives and how it can grow and how it can be successful and, and the wealth that's streaming in there, how it can... <laughs> I can uh, yeah be evenly distributed, and um, we think what we're solving is that uh, we, we really include the community and include smaller companies in uh, in connecting them and giving them access to to services that are normally quite hard to get. And in first instance, this service is is data. So um, at the core of developing AI, you need high quality and large quantities of structured data to feed those algorithms and to get them uh, to learn new things. And getting that data is really hard. For example, uh, for example, a company like Google, they have access to huge amounts of data and that gives them sort of a monopoly to build really cool and, and really awesome new AIs uh, that, that benefit them a lot as well. Um, so what we try to do is also give smaller companies and individuals uh, opportunities to get access to that data by giving them access to, uh, yeah, it's, it's, in our case, we use a global human workforce to structure data for companies. That's awesome. And I know you guys are, are about to launch on the EOS mainnet today, actually. And this is sort of the countdown to that actual launch. Um, congratulations on that, first of all. But um, as we understand it, and there was this profile video that we did on Cypherglass where I interviewed Chris and sort of talked about your journey from NEO to the EOS hackathon, eventually uh, deciding to build on EOS. Um, what was it that initially led you to NEO and sort of captivated you about that ecosystem? Super. I'll just give you a little bit of an update. There's no timer on the video right now. That's because Effect Force is officially launched, and it launched the second uh, we went live. So seven oh, o'clock. Oh, wow. we tricked everyone. Live. It's live now. Um, yeah, it's live now. So we we, we didn't want the, the the big flood of people waiting for a countdown and all come on at the same time. So we have our team that's working in the dev room uh, that's just monitoring everything and, and making sure everything runs smoothly. We had a whole bunch of beta that's testers awesome. that are working on the the platform already for the last few days. Um, so it's officially live. You can register um, for the force at worker.effect.ai, and uh, you'll be able to, to join the force with a simple email login, and then you'll need an uh, EOS account, and, and you can log in. But we'll get to that. Um, so to, to your question about the, the Neo blockchain, obviously, um, we, we come, well, at least Jesse uh, came from a background of, of, uh, in the digital space. And when you're working on complex um, digital solutions for clients, you have a very large window of research before you actually tackle uh, what you're going to build. So with, with our project, we had the fundamental ideas of what we wanted to build, but we had to um, really look at the, the space and see what suits us very, very well. So we were looking at the Ethereums of the world. Um, Jesse was an early participant in EOS. I think on day one, he was already in on the, the token sale that EOS had. Um, but that, that just was not ready at this point, so it wasn't uh, something we could use. Um, we looked at NEO, we looked at LISC, uh, we looked at a whole bunch of others um, that, that offered, uh, potentially offered what we needed. We started to look into NEO, and 
it looked promising, but it looked very immature at the time. I know Jesse was telling me, he said, listen, it just, it's really immature, but it looks like it could potentially be something. And so what we had was we finally finished our white paper and we had it windled down to Ethereum or, or NEO. And I said, let's just send this over to the NEO um, guys in China and see if they come back to us and see what they think. And they did. They came back to us within 24 hours saying that uh, they'd love to have a Skype meeting and then eventually meet in person. So I turned to Jesse and I said, we just got an email from Neo. They want to meet us in person, uh, so we have to fly out there immediately. So I didn't tell them that they wanted to first meet on Skype. So we jumped on a plane uh, the very next day and we flew out to China. Neo didn't even know that we were coming out there. Uh, we, we crashed uh, the, the, the front doors and we said, hey, we're here and this is what's <laughs> going on. Um, they told us about their development plans and what they aspired to do and what, what the, the vision of Neo was. Uh, Jesse and Lawrence are, are co-founders. They, they really went deep into the white paper and, and they saw a lot of promising things. They started to talk about, you know, 10,000 transactions per second and um, all of this. And so we thought, you know what, this, this sounds really, really great. Um, and, and that's what set us on the path of picking Neo uh, as, as our, our blockchain to use for, for Effect.ai. What was the time frame like on that? Was it still like the AntShare days or was it uh, like actually Neo at the time? It was just after the AntShare days. So it was, it was Neo, but it, that was pretty recent. So um, EOS wasn't around. Uh, basically, the only alternative was uh, Ethereum. I think Lisk was also quite new. So we looked at that. Um, but yeah, just after the answers. So like, I guess like date time frame. I'm trying, just trying to picture it in my head. Was it like 2018 in the summer? It was 2017, 2017. Um, uh, September, September 2017. I think so. Yeah, it's September. Wow. So that was like right after the rebrand then. So you were almost an AntShares project. We were almost there. Um, yeah, it was right after. So how long were you working on Neo before you started realizing like this isn't going the way we thought it would? We, we should start looking elsewhere maybe. Or, or did that happen as a process did you get frustrated at first before deciding you were going to migrate somewhere else or did it happen relatively quick we always had it a bit in the back of our minds because when we picked neo we realized some limitations and some consequences of, of that choice so so it was in the back of our minds when we picked neo i think by the in that time it was the best choice we, we had i mean there was there were, there were not many alternatives um and even in the year after that eos was quite new so even after the launch of the mainnet um i don't think it was smart to immediately migrate uh just it's it's always good to to see where it goes a little bit uh but but after a while we were really excited and really impressed by how eos was performing and and yeah just taking a close look at it and seeing other projects working on it I mean, given the choices, so you're choosing between Ethereum and what was dubbed as like the Ethereum of what they used to call it, the Chinese Ethereum or something. Back the, then. the Chinese Ethereum, and then Vitalik said the only Chinese Ethereum is Ethereum. <laughs> Vitalik <laughs> is sometimes a little gangster, yeah. But we did have free transactions, so that was one of the main reasons. Free transactions was really attractive, really important. In the end, it was also one of the big, big downsides that that sort of became a big problem uh, for Neo because people were spamming it a lot. So, so um, that was. 2017 so at, was it uh later in 2018 whenever you started looking elsewhere and started researching eos what, what, what was that time frame like and what was that process like of uh dipping your toes in it and what other blockchains were you looking at besides eos because i'm assuming you compared a lot of them yeah we obviously we we really wanted to make the proper and right decision the second time 
Um, so <laughs> we, we, what we did is we launched Effect Force um, several months ago on the Neo blockchain. Immediately, um, it, it was it was problematic. There there was many issues that were going on. Um, things were not going well. We were frustrated. We reached out to Neo, reached out to the community, asking for help. There's not so much help going on from from anywhere and anything. Not bashing. Listen, uh, working on a project is an incredibly hard thing to do, and and time is very valuable. And so I, I understood, but it was it was incredibly frustrating the things that we were working through. So, like Jesse said, immediately we started looking around at, at different solutions, and um, I think it was yeah mid 2018 where we said, okay, you know hopefully something changes with Neo um, because this is a major headache to have to, you know, overhaul everything. And it sets us back incredibly, but it's already setting us back. So we better, you know, my father always said, know your exits, you know, make sure that you have something, uh, you know, you, you have your options set and ready to go. So we looked into to credits, which was coming up, Komodo, which was very attractive to us. Um, and I think, yeah, th there was several of them, just like when we first started, um, but EOS was, was always there and Jesse was always really impressed with what was going on with the code and everything else as it looks great. Um, but it's really hard to dive into the whole entire thing. So it was a very, very long process, but I was in London at, at some point and I'm friends with, uh, with Shane Kehoe from SVK crypto. What's up, Shane? Oh, what's up, uh, Shane? Charles, up, Shane? team. Charles. Um, yeah, so, so I'm good friends with him. We were at like a Huobi meetup or something. And I just, I, I said, I whispered in his ear, I said, listen, man, things aren't going so good on, on this side. Um, I, I just thought I, I'd let you know. And he goes, listen, man, you know that I'm a, a VC for EOS. Um, I'm going to hook you up with some guys over there. And next thing I knew, Block One was reaching out to me and my team saying, hey, listen, uh, there's some credible people in our community, which I think they were just talking about Shane because he's got a big voice and, and he makes things happen. I think they're talking about Rob. Oh, and maybe Rob as well. And, and said they... They had heard that uh, we were pretty good at what we do, so they wanted to show us what they do. So we got invited to the, uh, the EOS Hackathon in London, uh, Jesse and Lawrence as uh, tech mentors and myself as an entrepreneurial mentor. And um, to see that was one of the most inspiring, most incredible things that, that I've ever witnessed in, in my entire life. Blockchain completely changed my world and changed my life in 2014. Um, I'm sitting there at these these meetups in Melbourne, Australia, with three three guys in a, a room every Thursday night, talking about how this is the most spectacular technology that'll ever hit the planet. Um, though nobody's coming to these freaking meetups, um, and we say that the boat hasn't even left the harbor yet, you know. But uh, you know, I, I'm thinking maybe 20 years in the future, maybe people are going to start catching on. And just a, a few short years later, I'm walking into the Science Museum in the middle of London with what was it a 700 or 800 or maybe even more i don't remember the it's it was an insane amount of people yeah it was incredible there was over a hundred teams um in the science museum on two floors jesse and lawrence have been to many hackathons they were looking at each other like what the hell is going on here um i was so inspired that i decided to mentor all of these guys um through the whole entire thing i didn't sleep you know i, I, I was with them the whole entire way um, it was the most incredible journey. So we came out of that and I said, listen, community for me is obviously number two and community should be number two for everybody because technology is number one. But at that point I said, I know we've looked into EOS, but we need to take a deep, deep, deep dive and, and really figure out if this can be our home because I'm really impressed and it feels like we can maybe fit in, um, to this on, on many different levels. So 
Um, by the hackathon, the end of the hackathon, like my mind was set, but Jesse and Lawrence, uh, as, as scientists, they really had to, to dig deep uh, with our tech team. And uh, it turned out to, to be, yeah, the number one choice. Still was several months after the hackathon that, that we announced it and, and solidified the idea. But yeah, that's... that's da- Dallas Rushing's in our uh, live, live chat here. He just said you're one of his uh, mentors for his group. So shout out to Dallas. And speaking of Dallas, I, I kind of made a joke earlier. How, how soon was it when you started looking into EOS that you first saw Rob Finch's pretty face on his Cypher Glass videos and also Dallas Rushing too, because I mean, th- that's realistically one of the first touch points for people entering the EOS ecosystem. And same with here on Everything EOS, this is what we strive to be is when someone first starts dipping their toes into the EOS IO ecosystem, we, we want to kind of guide them and lead them and show them everything that's being built. And hopefully we could do more content like this to, to show the, the, the builders behind all of these projects too. Listen, that, that's where I go to my source. So Jesse and Lawrence, they go to the tech source. Um, they, 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 I don't think they watch YouTube videos um, and stuff too often. But myself, Rob, I know everything about you. I, I've seen every video you did because that's my research. I, I have to figure out on that level, you know, uh, and everything EOS uh, as well. Um, with Dallas, I watched a lot of his content and, until I saw one of his uh, videos on Gems, which was a competitor. So then I stopped watching uh, Dallas. <laughs> um, um, but then I got to know Dallas and an incredible dude. Um, but no, yeah, YouTube videos, like I, I went back through your guys' entire catalogs to learn everything, um, to really feel the sediment as well, to, to really feel the vibes and, and get educated. And you guys are still my main source of, mm-hmm. of information, uh, yeah, going forward. So that was the hackathon. That was uh, That was the uk one so that was like in the fall like october or something uh what was the what was like i think you did the build by eosio blog article and you kind of had your big uh coming out announcement in early 2019 what was uh like the the final straw that that like made your decision before the announcement was there anything that kind of triggered it like um, it was planned, of course. So we had this planned already for some months before that time. So that, that's, uh, um, yeah, that's, I think that, that what triggered it was after that hackathon, the impression we had and, and the friends we made in the community is, was big. So uh, we knew that the technology was good, but we also know that, that all, all blockchains and most of this technology is going to develop uh, in the future. They're going, it's going in different ways. And uh, above all, it's important that that like high quality projects and very talented people are involved with 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 these projects. And in EOS, it's been incredible to see what kind of projects are there and what kind of people are involved. It's a huge, huge boost of confidence. And I think after that hackathon, we were convinced that that this was the way to go. It was just plotting it out time wise and also you know putting in the, the effort and and putting it in the roadmap. I mean, it it puts us back a little bit in in the things that we had planned. But it's also going to be a huge boost uh, in the future for developing new things. And yeah, so that was basically the, the timeline there. Before we started uh, recording, Chris actually told an interesting story that kind of uh, about the liquid apps and talking to Benny and Tao. Could you kind of tell that story again for everyone else that wasn't on the secret pre-recording? Yeah. Okay. So th- this was like a huge factor. So when I saw liquid apps, I was like, what, what is this thing, you know, um, potentially free accounts and then RAM, which was the thing that we were struggling with coming over. 
affect force um, the vision, the vision that I have is hundreds of thousands of people all over the world being able to work on these data annotations. Um, so this, this was a bit problematic on Neo. We were able to create accounts right on effect force for free for the workers that are coming in. Um, and now we have to pay for them. When I saw this, um, Jesse, you know, said to me, he goes, Oh, that's really, really interesting. Um, and I do think like we were impressed from the, the, the hackathon and, and we were really trying to push it, but we were incredibly busy, but that was the moment where I said, Jesse, we need to hunt these guys down and see if we can jump on a call to really, you know, go into a technical overview to see if these guys really know how to build what they, they're proposing to build and, and who they are. We did some research. We found out that they had some history with Bancor and building out Bancor and everything else. So we said, okay, these guys could be uh, something good. So Jesse, I, uh, Tao and Benny uh, jumped on a phone call and uh, Jesse started asking a couple of questions and within about 10 seconds, I didn't understand what the heck they were talking about. Um, so I just listened and, and nodded my head pretending I was following along, but I didn't have a clue. And after the call, I said, so Jesse, what, what's the deal? Is this, is this something that, that could be useful? And he said, this is like the deciding factor. If these guys can build this out, this is a, a game changer. And yeah, we're, we're ready to go. That's a typical conversation with Tal. It kind of goes yeah. like 100 feet over your head. That, that's what uh, we have Peter K for here at Everything EOS. He translates it for us. <laughs> there they are. <laughs> cool. So I, I think we need to get into... Uh, your experience in EOS now that you're here. I mean, I feel like you've been here the entire time. Um, what, what has the experience been like? Like everyone's probably, I'm assuming been very welcoming, uh, because like I said, you guys feel like family. You guys feel like you've been here. I, I, I feel like I know you guys, especially Chris, cause Chris is a superstar like Rob. He's doing all the podcasts all the time. Um, so what's, what's been your favorite experience so far since you uh, made the big announcement and came over to the, the good side, the light side? <laughs> Um, yeah, man, sometimes I get a little bit emotional, especially on the spot talking about it because it's like night and day from where we came from. And, and st again, not bashing or anything, but when, when we did the announcement, we put so much work into it. We were a little bit deflated. Um, you, you know, it, it was a very difficult thing. We started to get excited, but we said, listen, is the grass always greener? You know, we know the technology is going to be better. So in the long haul, it's going to be better for us, but man, what a setback. So it was a little bit thing. We then announced it, you know, um, and it was, it was incredible, man. Like, absolutely, I, I, I'm, I'm speechless. Most of the BPs, most of the projects, all of the people, uh, Rob, yourself, everybody, Dallas, everybody in the community reached out within the first few days. It was unbelievable just asking, you know, where they can help, what they can do. So, of course, me, at first, I'm thinking, oh, my God, what do these guys want from us? They want a bunch of money or something. Jesus Christ, like, this is overwhelming, you know? Like, what's the deal? But then you start to understand the governance layer of VPs and all this stuff and how they, they are incentivized to add quality and add uh, services to the ecosystem. And then I started to realize, holy smokes, this is the most magical thing I've ever been involved in. I started to jump on calls with EOS Canada, uh, and the team behind Diffuse, you know, and EOS Nation, and, and did the the uh, the call with Rob, and and then with Dallas, and then with um, um, Brendan from the EOS podcast, and uh, like everybody, it was unreal, you know. And all of a sudden, like we we felt a little bit famous in the scene, and um, but then you start to realize that everybody knows everybody here, and it's a it's a big brother and sisterhood, and. Um, yeah, listen, it's absolutely incredible. I'm not even gonna. I'm not even going to like shout out thanks to everybody because 
it, that's an hour in itself because the, the people that I've met and the people I've talked to and communicate to, like even Benny from Liquid, uh, Liquid Apps, it, it was crazy. That guy just started calling me at nighttime sometimes. <laughs> hey, Chris, I got an idea and I did stuff and I'm just like, man, I, I loved every second of it, you know? It wasn't he does like that, that to you too? <laughs> it, was, it was like, yeah. <laughs> you're not the only one. You're not the only special one. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it's just been an incredible journey on this side. Really, really a lot of fun and uh, very inspiring. Rob, I feel like I've been talking this whole time. I'm going to give you a minute to have the mic. Yeah, no, that's great. I mean, I think ultimately people see, you know, the headlines. They see that you move from Neo to EOS. And, and now, obviously, at the beginning of this podcast, um, you had mentioned that you actually pushed Effect Force live on the mainnet. Um, I, I guess for anybody else out there that may be building on Neo or building on Ethereum, do you have a couple of reasons why they should potentially switch to EOS as well and some of the benefits? Yeah, there's. Uh, I think there's plenty. Um, but I think for for us, one of the main, really plus the main bright points that we experienced immediately when going to ESS, is it's the blockchain feels very robust. You can really lean on the blockchain when you send a transaction. To, that's from a technical technical perspective. But when you're building an app and 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 you're sending the transaction to EOS, you can sort of be sure that it will be there quite soon. Um, I remember we had a lot of code in our previous setup on Neo, a lot of safety code, fallback code, that if a transaction would not be accepted or rejected, we had lots of uh, catch, uh, catches for exceptions when the blockchain would be down, because it would happen from time to time. Um, so we had some really spooky stuff going on there in the application to sort of stay up while, while the blockchain wasn't there. And just not having to need all that has been, has been really incredibly uh, useful and powerful. It makes development more quick. It makes the application more stable. So, um, yeah, just a, a really a, a quick transactions times and, and, and that stability that you can lean on the blockchain is, is for us uh, yeah, been a great help. Um, awesome. Other than that, I think just technically the layout, the account system and, and uh, the way that you manage keys, the, the tooling around it, it's all very professional and it's really usable for users. So, even the account names, and it's, it's something simple, but having the accounts names and being able to switch keys around that, from a technical point of view, I think it's really attractive. It makes it, makes it easier to use. It makes it more user-friendly. It's easier to manage accounts and users. Uh, it's more transparent. You can, you can easily see in Block Explorers what's happening, what's going on, what are people doing. Right. Um, so we, that's awesome. I mean, there are definitely a ton of reasons, and uh, I'm sure if people want to know more, they can find uh, more insight in those initial blog posts and that interview we did with Chris on the Cypherclass channel, the one with Dallas, so many others. But I want to sort of switch the conversation here from you know Neo and EOS in your journey to what Effect Force actually is, that product that you just pushed live on the EOS mainnet. So for people who might not be familiar with AI or familiar with what you guys are doing, could you just simply describe what Effect Force actually is? So I'll let Jesse explain it in the short version. And then I'm just, what's, what's easier to do is just do a demo. And now it's going to be a live demo. So that's scary as hell, but we're just going to do it. We just <laughs> run, so we're scared to do it. But Jesse will give the, the short description of it um, while I set up. Okay. And um, it's just easier to show people because when you talk about artificial intelligence, you talk about blockchain, you talk about all of these things, especially combined with each other, People get scared off. They, they say the same thing. Whoa, that's totally cool, man. Crazy. But then they run away as fast as they can because they think they can't hang with the topic. Um, the topic is incredibly simple, at least when it comes to structuring data. Even the word data gets a little bit scary to some people that don't know exactly what data is or, or how it is. So it comes in several different formats. It's not just a bunch of numbers and, and stuff like this. You know, data can come in uh, images, audio, video. 
um, all of this stuff. And to, to train AI is actually pretty simple stuff. At least structuring the data to build AI is simple stuff. So I'll give it to, to Jesse just to describe Effect Force and then I'll, I'll get things set up. Nice. So EffectForce is a it's a data annotation platform that uses a global human workforce to structure and annotate data sets for companies. Um, so basically, um, companies come to us with unstructured and unstructured data is a little bit like crude oil. You cannot really use it directly for for things like AI learning or for business intelligence or even creating reports for marketing. You have to structure that data, uh, which means you have to add some annotations to it. Maybe you have to translate it to a certain language. You have to make sure it's in the correct format. Uh, maybe you have audio files, but the audio files have to be text in order to use that for something useful, like, like an AI algorithm or uh, just indexing it into some database so you can serve that to your client. Um, so what we do is we, we bring companies uh, in contact with a, with a huge human workforce from all kinds of different uh, cultures uh, and languages and backgrounds and you can sort of select the workforce so the people um, that are uh, skilled enough and capable of annotating your data maybe there's a language restriction or maybe people need to uh, be able to be really accurate in drawing uh, drawing stuff on images and yeah in return you get high quality data back that you can use for many different things i know it's vague when you're talking about it so it's best to just uh, show something I yeah, I, I got I got the thing on full screen. So the stage is yours, uh, Chris or whoever's okay. controlling that computer. Yeah, we'll we'll go through it. Jesse will do a couple, and I'll do a couple. So listen, this is the worker interface. Where um, if you are a worker on the platform, this is what you'll see. So currently, we're live on the blockchain. We're live uh, with with the platform. Um, currently available um, right now. What you see is two hundred and forty three thousand five hundred and sixty tasks altogether. Um, at least that's what it's saying. But for a lot of tasks, for quality assurance purposes, you might do these tasks three or five times for requesters to make sure that the answer to what they're trying to get out of their data is correct. Um, so this is a quality assurance. So actually what we do have right now is over one million tasks on the platform um, for people to do. And over the next few days, uh, and especially the next couple of weeks, but even the next few days, that, doubles, uh, that, that number is going to double. So I'll just quickly get in here. So first of all, we have a few different categories. We have uh, aerial annotations, content moderation, uh, which is a really important one for our platform right now, text extraction, um, audio transcription, um, and we will continue to add things here. But I'm just going to quickly go over to content moderation um, tasks. And we have a few of them. Like Jesse was saying, it's really important that we qualify people first before they, they take on live tasks for clients. So sometimes we'll have uh, what we call force qualifiers. So this will be for sediment analysis tasks right here. Um, but for, for Karma, what we have done is anybody can uh, join with, with a, a certain level, first of all, and, and come in and do tasks. Now, these are not the full paying tasks. This is uh, a third of what the full paying task is. But if you want to join the Karma task and get full pay, you'll have to be at a level three. And I'll explain that in a, in a couple of seconds here. But we'll go in and what we're seeing, we're seeing live tasks right now. So I don't know what I'm about to see. So hopefully it's not too terrifying. <laughs> but what we do in this task is we play a video and we watch the video. We watch the whole thing through. Um, you, you can kind of go through some of the videos may be, you know, redundant. You're cheating. Um, you're going to get a bad score. <laughs> yeah, if you cheat. Yeah, seriously. 
uh, and I'll get to the reputation uh, part of the platform. So I see they're putting up a windmill. So that's a pretty positive action. So it's definitely appropriate, that's for sure. So I press accept. And now what I'm doing is I'm categorizing this video. This is fairly important for, for platforms because you can start to have categories. So when you see different platforms that have, you know, um, funny and health and animals and food and drink, this is all data that's been categorized by uh, a human influence at some point. So I would say that this is good, goodwill and feels good um, and it's out in nature. So I'll just post those ones, you know, and then I press submit. So the coolest thing about this platform, I feel that the, the thing that's life changing, at least in, in my viewpoint, is I just click that submit button. And I earned cryptocurrency. I just made I just made money, real money, not fiat currency, but real money um, went into my account, and um, that's what I'm doing right now. So um, it's it's pretty it's pretty powerful if you think about what can be done here. Our cryptocurrency doesn't have borders. We don't have a financial. Um, uh, uh, we, we're not going through the banking system and stuff like this. I'll accept this one. Uh, I'll put it as nature and maybe other. Um, and then submit. You don't have to pick two. You can pick one. This is just a picture now. So I'm going to accept it. I'm going to say nature um, and, and submit. So I'm earning tasks. And if you, you think about this, um, these are very rapid fire tasks. So very easy. So we'll go back here. I'm going to go to one. I don't know if I can do it. But this is a very important task for us. And I'm going to let Jesse take it away and explain what this one is. But um, here's a campaign qualifier. This means we have a requester that's a very high profile requester. We need to be able to find a workforce that is able to do the work that he needs done um, because it's highly complex and um, yeah, you're, you're gonna have to know things. So the very first thing you're gonna wanna do is read the instructions very, very well. Um, and then I'll, I'll let Jesse take it from here. You, you, you accept that you read them. Jesse wrote the, the, the instructions, so we'll trust he knows what he's doing here. <laughs> and, um, and then I'll let Jesse take it from here to, to let you guys know what we're doing. Yeah, so the title of the task is Cloud Annotations, and that's also what you're doing. You're annotating clouds on pictures. Sounds pretty boring, but actually it's, it's really pretty cool. So this is for a company that, that's creating uh, cameras uh, for, uh, on top of satellites. So, so these cameras take pictures from outer space of the Earth, um, and basically one of the problems that lots of satellites uh, have is that downloading those pictures, so sending them back to Earth is very expensive. So there is bad connectivity, of course. It's a big distance, you're going through space. Um, so it's quite expensive to download images. And often um, satellite images contain a lot of clouds. So on Earth, of course, there's loads of clouds. Um, and, and when a satellite image contains mostly clouds, you don't want to send that stuff uh, back to Earth if it's expensive. So you basically you want to skip it. So yeah, one of the big... Um, technologies that, that companies are working on is creating smart algorithms that can detect in a satellite. So with, with some sort of restricted computational power uh, to, to, to sort of, yeah, these are often deep, deep neural networks that have to detect if there's a cloud in the image. And this gets kind of complex because detecting clouds is, is harder than you might uh, suspect. So uh, yeah, we have one task here. Um, it's, it's, it's some, yeah, I think mountain mountain area. We see a small grid here, and the way that the task is set up is that the worker actually has to um, annotate the parts of the image that, that contain clouds. So um, yeah, that's more like so. This is more like a visual uh, task where you have to look at the surroundings. Uh, I sort of have to judge if this is snow or clouds. 
can be pretty tricky. So if you look on the right, this this would be a probably be snow, while this would be clouds. Uh, it requires some skill and some learning before you can actually see those things quickly. Wow. Um, so so what this is doing yeah. though is after training these images with enough humans, eventually the the AI just takes over and it could detect the clouds and it could detect the difference between snow. Definitely, that's the goal. So what we're doing is we're we're aiding AI and, we, and we're trying to, to, yeah, at some point, an algorithm will be smart enough to do this. And then this task is no longer needed uh, on the platform. So it's really, we're taking algorithms that next step so they can learn new, new things. Um, and in the end, yeah, there will be more and more things that will be automated and that you no longer need humans for. Um, I think it will we'll, have to, we'll have to come up with new tasks for them and th for uh, effect force. I'm, I'm sure there will always be tasks that need done. And especially that uh, content moderation one you showed earlier, that, that's something that I, I don't even, I guess with sentiment analysis, like if you saw, um, for example, if, if a post got flagged because it had like vulgar content, but it was like text, like, I, I guess a sentiment analysis could eventually like determine that, but I think for a long time it, it th there's always going to be a, like a human element to this because it's it's not a lot of things aren't black and white. I, I guess it will definitely it will be years from now until AIs can do these general intelligence types of stuff. It will be years, maybe decades, before we're there. That's that's just my guess, but I'm pretty sure that that it won't be anytime real soon. And I, I think there will always be a place for human uh, human intelligence and human uh, additions to, to, the, to the loop. So uh, even having people uh, validate the, the values of AIs or having people contribute or, or even, you know, what is appropriate content and what isn't appropriate content. I think that opinion always comes from humans. So, so we're, I'm expecting that there will always be some kind of human in the loop. Even if AI is smart enough, you have to sort of validate and monitor and, and keep an eye on, on what's going on. So yeah, yeah I think it's, uh, oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Rob, yeah. I was going to say, one of the things you guys mentioned was the uh, reputation system. And I noticed you were skipping around in the video and Zach said something to the effect of, uh, you know, oh, you're cheating, you're going to lose points. Can you talk a little bit about how that system works and how you gain reputation? Yeah, this is so incredibly important in this space, especially with some of our competitors uh, who are, are, are kind of not on the quality assurance side um, and more on the cheap side of things. We, we can cover the costs and beat our competitions there. But our main priority is to make sure that um, the quality of, of the, the data annotations that we do um, is far superior to our centralized competitors. And we do this in many different ways. So one of the first ways is we have master validators. So these are workers that have been on our platform and been along for the journey for quite some time that take subsets of workers' uh, work. Just a, a small percentage of their work to go over and validate what they've done and how they're doing. Um, with that validation, that's where we'll have approval ratings. Um, so the approval rating on the, the worker interface is, is based on that and how often you qualify for tasks that uh, you apply for and just the quality of work that you're doing. Within tasks, we also have this thing called ground truth. So these are answers that we already know before workers are working. So if they go and they spam the, the network and they're just putting yes uh, a whole bunch of times instead of really calculating if it's yes or no, um, we're going to know that they're trying to cheat the system. So this is another um, way that we see, and this will affect your uh, uh, approval rating. If you look up here, you see achievement points. Achievement points are how active you are actually working. So the more you work, whether it's good or bad, 
um, you're going to start earning achieve, achievement points. Um, if you do bad work, then you probably won't get uh, nearly as many achievement points. But this is based on how often you're on there and what type of tasks you're unlocking. So, so there is a quality aspect to that as well. And these two um, levels combined um, give you an actual level on the platform. So, for instance, you start at level zero and you'll, you'll go through what we have the very first campaign and it's only, the only one that's going to be open. It's called Welcome to the Force. So you would go here and it's just a tutorial task going through the whole platform, welcoming you to the force. Uh, you press accept and you go through the whole entire thing and um, you, you see how things are done. Um, so, yeah, then, then that's level zero. You'll get to level one. Level one will give you access to a whole bunch of different um, qualifying tasks and some really low level tasks, but not at full pay. Um, level two is the same. It's very, very low pay. You're not going to be able to make a living or even, you know, gather too much, but you'll be able to test out the platform, um, check out what we've built and what we're doing. But where this becomes really interesting is level three and beyond. Workers will have to stake a little bit of EFX too, just to ensure and make sure that they're doing high quality work. And if we catch them on, on the, the validation side of things, uh, there will be clawbacks if we know that bad actors are doing wrong things. There's a difference between doing bad work because you didn't understand um, and, and being a bad actor and really spamming and, and doing uh, incorrect work. So we also have that safety net in place. And um, yeah, those are some of the things. Do you want to add anything to the, the validation system? I'd like to see your pretty face again, Chris. Oh, yeah. I, here, I'd like to see your coming, screen. We're, we're coming back. We're coming back. If I, if I can figure it it's out. It's on the bottom. Yeah. Uh, oh, was it at the bottom? Oh, I just couldn't figure it out. It is a, um, a pretty cool dashboard, though, overall. I'm pretty surprised, honestly, to see that many tasks, especially, you know, it, it's sort of day one or day zero of the platform actually being live. So I'm impressed. You said more than a million tasks. Um, and you said it's going to double in the next couple of days. Is that more people coming on with more tasks, I guess? No. So we, we have several new requesters that have come on board uh, over the last few weeks. Um, we've really concentrated and uh, understood how to kind of onboard them. It's been a real validation process over the last year and a half. Of course, we're, we're only as good as uh, the amount of tasks that we have on there, and we, we understand that. But this is a brand new company, and, and we've had our growing pains and our validation uh, uh, time to, to figure out how to do this. So, um, yeah, we, we just haven't uploaded all of the tasks. We've been working around the clock. I, I did max dap last night at uh, 10 o'clock, I think, you know. Uh, I didn't make it home until 2. Jesse and Lawrence, even wow. though they did go home, uh, they've been up all night long uh, just making sure that everything's working well. So, um, But Jesse and Lawrence have been working together for the last like seven or eight years since they were youngsters, you know, building really complex stuff. So they, they, they're they a super team, man. It, it's like Lennon and McCartney. I call them Lennon and McCartney, man. When they get together, man, they make absolute magic happen, and and you just you won't be able to find people at that kind of a level. Um, so yeah, they don't need sleep. They 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 don't need to even communicate like like most people would have to because they just are on the same level. So yeah, it's been it's it's been fun and really really um, yeah, it's been. Fun. I, I saw in the uh, screen share you you it said Turker somewhere, which I'm, I'm assuming comes from Mechanical Turk. So I, I heard of Mechanical. Turk, it's been around, it's an Amazon product for a while. You want to kind of explain what Amazon's Mechanical Turk is uh, and how it's, it's very limited and what advantages that Effect Force has over like the traditional microtask services like that? Sure. Um, yeah, when we first started this, so 
I wasn't familiar with Mechanical Turk. Jesse and Lawrence had been using Mechanical Turk on, on building algorithms some time ago. And when I brought up my, my white paper idea so uh, Jesse wouldn't go to Silicon Valley, I, I talked about algorithms on the blockchain because I knew he was big into AI and building these systems. Um, but when I was done that presentation, Jesse and Lawrence started talking, oh my goodness, uh, a mechanical Turk on the blockchain. And I'm thinking, oh my goodness, I don't know what I've started here. I don't understand a word of it, but it looks to be going somewhere. So Amazon's mechanical Turk has been around for over 10 years. It's identical to, well, not identical, but very similar to, to the product that we have. It's a microtasking marketplace where you can outsource the tedious jobs that, that you just don't want to do. It wasn't so much about artificial intelligence 10 or even five years ago. It was more about the automation of just simple tasks. So sorting receipts and stuff like that. But now it's really turning into an engine to, to train and structure data in a way that you can use it for machine learning purposes. We looked at uh, Amazon's Mechanical Turk as an example of what we had to do and, and where we were going. But we started to really quickly figure out that Amazon Mechanical Turk isn't what a lot of people think it is. So first of all, because of geopolitical problems, the banking system and everything else, they don't have a global workforce that's absolutely massive. We found out that their primary workforce is in the United States of America. So, um, yeah, we were very surprised by this because we were really thinking like you, they had many workers in India and Sri Lanka and all these different countries. Um, but it doesn't seem to be the case because of a bunch of uh, problems and issues, I suppose. Um, so when we looked at that, we said, wow, this, this, this is a, a major thing for us. Like we, we can go into these countries because we use cryptocurrencies. Um, we, don't have to, um, we, we don't have to charge requesters this ridiculous amount that Amazon's uh, doing because we're not even dealing with a banking system. So you have to think of it this way. With the middleman that's in the middle, which is Amazon, you have the requester who's sending their money to a bank account. We're already losing value right off the bat, sending money to Amazon. Amazon's holding on to that money for quite some time to validate what's happening with the work and everything else. And then they're sending that money through the monetary system overseas. Um, however else, even though it's really just a digital transfer to another bank, there's all kinds of fees. And once it gets over there, you're looking at like a 30, 40, 50% loss for these guys. Um, so we started to figure out that we can beat them almost anywhere and everywhere on price for similar tasks. Uh, using blockchain because the, the the majority of that value is going straight to the worker that's working. Um, so that's that's one of the advantages. Maybe you want to add some others. Yeah, I think that's the most important important one. And also the the workforce on Amazon Mechanical Turk because Mturk um, it's it's been there for a long time, but they have lots of trouble with paying out workers. Uh, it's just hard going in, going to different countries. So they're really restricted in the countries that they operate in. Um, they often pay out in gift cards, which also is kind of, yeah, it, it's disappointing for workers if they get paid out in gift cards instead of something they can actually buy stuff with. So, um, yeah, that makes that makes the workforce a bit, I think, the quality for companies that comes out of MTurk is, is one of the biggest pains for any company that used MTurk. So we've been discovering clients and talking a lot with people that use MTurk, and they're all saying the quality is so bad, that's why we don't use it anymore, that's why we won't use it anymore, and that's where we often can make the difference. So we can smash the centralized products, we can smash them in price, and we can smash them in quality. So we, we've got them covered both. We just need to grow a little bit bigger so they, they, they know who we are. Um, yeah, Jeff Bezos, listen up, I'm right here. Yeah, we, we need to grow bigger too, so smash the likes if you're still watching. <laughs> yeah, smash the likes, smash them likes. That is awesome though. I mean, you can't really argue with that if the product is cheaper and it's actually a better result for the people that are requesting all this data and these annotations or whatever it might be. So that's awesome to hear. 
Um, one component of this that I'm super curious about are these effect social impact hubs, impact hubs, excuse me, which I guess are, are these on the ground brick and mortar locations where people can go and I guess complete some of these tasks. Could you explain a little bit about that? So this is where things got incredibly interesting for me once we started building out the idea of this. The technology white paper that, that we wrote um, was something else and it was very inspiring and cool. But then when we started to do the ground research, especially myself, figuring out that Amazon's not even in the far reaches of, of this planet where people really, really need work. The promise of the internet was the biggest letdown ever, you know? This is a, a place where we should be able to transact value, you know? Just like blockchain is giving us that promise, it's been a pretty disappointing ride because you still have massive poverty all over the world where we're connected in a way that this just shouldn't happen. So then I started to realize that the, the power of this platform is huge. And I started looking into countries where, you know, where the infrastructure was okay, the, the governments were doing okay, um, but economically things were not going okay. And I started to pinpoint some of these countries and started to find that there's no reason why we shouldn't go into these places of uh, full guns ablaze and, and set up shop and, and really train and teach people how to work on this platform. And so what happened is I was invited to a blockchain conference out in the country of Georgia. Um, I found out that the, the average wages there is about $1.80 per hour U.S. Um, for the citizens there. I started to look into the government there. Um, and so I set up a meeting and went back there and um, met with some government officials. It was very easy to set up some of these meetings, which was really surprising to me. Um, and then they connected me to the UN, the United Nations within the country of Georgia. Wow. Um, the, the United Nations, like the. Yeah. yeah. So th this was six months ago. I met with the United Nations and I said, that's it. I'm going to change the country of Georgia and I'm going to do it in a couple of weeks. Working with government agencies is a little bit problematic. And there, there, there's, uh, yeah, it's very difficult to, to get through some of these things. But we, I gave it everything I, I, I had. So I went out to Georgia. I don't know, maybe five or six times uh, to not only meet with the UN, but to tell the UN, we need to do a pilot program. This pilot program is going to take some of your university students that are coming out of school. We're going to put them on the, the Effect Force platform. They're going to do work on this platform. They're going to earn money on this platform. And then we'll be able to show you the power of, um, you know, blockchain uh, and what these people can do for artificial intelligence. Um, and it was it it was very successful. We we did uh, I think it was a nine or ten week pilot with these students. Um, they all did phenomenal. We had them doing all kinds of tasks. Some for Amazon, some for Coca Cola, some like we we had some pretty good requesters uh, doing That's little cool. sets of That's data awesome. for them. And um, then we went back to finish off the the pilot. We were on the national news. I talked to the mayor of the town that these kids were from. I looked them in the eyes and said, we need a, a location right now. We need it from the city. Um, and, and that should push the, the United Nations along to help fund what we're doing. So fast forward a few, well, fast forward one day, the mayor got back to me. He said, listen, our, our city, uh, the, the city that these, these students were from is called Rustavi. Um, it's one of the poorest cities uh, in, in uh, the country of Georgia. Uh, one of the poorest cities in the world, I think. And he said, listen, we, we had this beautiful theater in the center of town um, where it used to be the center. It used to be the center where everybody collected and there was many joyous moments uh, in this location, but it's now run down because the city is, is dying and everybody's leaving and we really need something like this. 
And he's like, the, the, the theater is yours. Um, you can have the theater tell the UN, we, we accept that we'll give you this on a long-term lease for free um, that you can set up shop. So we went back to the United Nations. Now there's things that you have to jump through with these guys. I was fairly disappointed, but still working on it. We had a call this, uh, today is Wednesday. We had a call on Monday, uh, the 8th, with the UN. Um, we got full funding for this, this first hub of ours. Wow. Um, and we got a partnership deal that is one of a kind that's never been done. So usually what they do is they have um, development partners that are set aside for only government and NGOs. Um, they have never partnered on a development partnership. They're usually strategic partnerships when they're in the private sector. With our, with our project, um, it's a private um, development partnership, which is the first of its kind because of how the pilot went and how important they feel it is. So we're going into Georgia. We're building this hub. We're then going to build a couple other hubs in the country of Georgia where they're needed. Then we're going into Pakistan. Uh, we're, we're going into Mongolia, Nepal, uh, Nigeria, Kenya. We have this roadmap that we want to do. Um, it's incredibly important. We, we need help. We need support. Um, it's a big thing, but it's the thing that's closest to my heart with this project. Um, and those are the people that we need to get working on the platform so we can change their, their livelihood and change the world uh, as we know it. So um, I'm pretty proud of the work that we've been able to do with you these guys. Nail right on the head. Change the world, man. This is like something that just wasn't possible before. You're, you're giving work to anyone that wants to do it. Uh, anyone with an internet connection and, and a cell phone or a computer is able to start earning today. So we're talking these poor third world economies where there just isn't employment. And now you're bringing in this non-traditional employment and they're, they're not super difficult tasks. So the onboarding process isn't that difficult. Um, what, what is the onboarding process like at these brick and mortar uh, what, do you, what do you call, I don't have it in front of me, the social impact hubs. What's and the onboarding process like for if, if you're in this little village in Georgia and people want to come work? Super. So before yeah. you dive into that question, I just want to let everybody that's watching know the 133 people that we are going to have a Q&A segment for Chris and Jesse coming up real, real soon. So don't type your questions in the chat yet, but start thinking of them. So go ahead, Chris. Super. And we're going to do a 5,000 EFX giveaway. I don't know if I know. I didn't tell Jesse or anybody they hate when I'm giving away EFX out of nowhere and out of left field. I have to prove everything with my apartment, uh, partners, but this is live, so um, I'll take the brunt force of getting in trouble with these guys. But we're going to do the same thing. My favorite thing with you guys uh, every single week, uh, well, a, a few times you guys did it when you, you pick a number. That's my favorite thing in the whole entire world. So we're going <laughs> to pick this number. We're going to write it down somewhere, and we're going to give away 5,000 EFX. That's great. So yeah, so this is the onboarding. So with, with at least the, the Rustavi Georgian uh, first one, one of the students, uh, she, she shone much brighter than, than the rest, you know, even though everybody uh, did an incredible job, she was just so on point. So what we're going to do is we're going to put her in a master validator uh, position. So she's going to be validating subsets uh, of other workers' work. This is a highly lucrative job on Effect Force, and it pays pretty well. So this is going to take care. And the requesters pay for this validation to make sure it's, it's within the pricing model of, of what requesters pay. 
So she'll be able to get paid a well above average salary for running the hub. So she will be there opening the doors in the morning, closing them in the evening time. She will be onboarding new people and new citizens. Um, she will be keeping up to date with the team here on how to onboard people. She will be doing accelerated learning programs with the people to come in. So yes, these are simple tasks, but we want these Georgian people and the hub workers to be the most sophisticated workers doing the highest level of tasks. So they will have time in these hubs to be able to, to train and work on some of the tools that we have on Effect Force, like the, the, the Polygon tools and the Bounding Box tools. We have a bunch of tools that you can use to structure data. So, yeah, that, that's how we're going to start onboarding this. And in the future, um, yeah, we'll have somebody there doing doing and helping and supporting, maybe through the UN. That's From incredible. An EOS account, of course. So we help them set up an EOS account, explain to them how to manage their keys. Uh, I heard there's some cool projects going on, like small hardware wallets. I think used in New York is making a pretty cool. There's also uh, liquid accounts. Did you guys see the liquid battles demo uh, we released uh, a couple of days ago? A free, yeah. free uh, proxy liquid EOS accounts that uh, transact through a, a real regular EOS account onto the main net. Uh, no resources. Every, everything's handled by the DAP. And I, I think Chris, you're already working on some of that, aren't, aren't you guys? Well, yeah, listen, that's something that was a game changer for us. Um, but we had been talking to a few people, Tao, uh, Benny, uh, also uh, EOS Nation and a few other people. And we were just so busy building this out that we kind of wanted to actually be a DSP ourselves. And we probably will be a DSP just uh, to, to let everybody know. We, we, right, we think as awesome. ourselves that, that we know what's going on, the needs of people, and we should be able to be there and be that point of contact for people to, to come to us and say, hey, listen, here's the issues that we see and have. What are the solutions, you know? Um, so we, we kind of want to be there. But the most important part of this is obviously the liquid accounts, uh, uh, formerly known as V accounts. <laughs> so we, we want to, uh, yeah, we need to incorporate that. And if you go to our website, the Effect Force, uh, not Effect Force, but Effect.ai website, you'll see in our roadmap, it's been there for a couple of months, that uh, next quarter, uh, DSP will be launched. So um, if you didn't know, now you know. That's awesome. Uh, I, I had a question. I forgot what it was. Oh, what, what's like the code action? So everyone, before we get into the Q&A, everyone watching, um, what, what could the community do to support you guys? I mean, you got the token, but so people could do the tasks, but I, I think getting the word out to the requesters would, would be huge. If anyone is already in this industry or knows anyone in this industry, like what, what could our audience and our community do to support Effect AI and Effect Force? Yes. So you can always hop onto the platform. It's open now. You can log in and do some work. Be Start part running. of the community. You already said that. that, that that's, of course, uh, one of the first steps you can do. But indeed, what we're looking for, so the more people come on board, the more tasks are needed on the platform to keep people busy, but also to, to pay out that work. We know there's lots of companies that need this. There's lots of companies uh, currently working with different solutions or lots of companies currently investing and in hiring some students to do some annotation work or doing it themselves, wasting a lot of hours. Uh, it can be done way more efficient, way higher quality on our platform. So if you know anybody uh, that's working with data, annotating data, I, yes. I, I have... Uh, um a tip here. So I, a lot of your tasks you showed in your demo was karma and content moderation. I know a pretty big, roughly $4 billion company that's planning to launch their own social media platform w within the next couple months, uh, some, sometime later this year for the beta. 
what what about those guys? Uh, are, are they on your radar at all? Or is there any plans to maybe uh, reach out or have them reach out to you? I, I think they should reach out to you if they're watching this because I, I see on their careers page, they, they've been hiring like crazy uh, for content moderation jobs. And this is something that can not only be uh, done in, in the micro task fashion, but it, it's unlimited scalability and it, it's game changing. It, it's helping the global economy. It's helping the, these people in these third world countries without opportunities and it's giving them opportunities. So it, it fits right in line w- with the mission here of giving everyone a voice and giving everyone a, a, a good life really. Yeah, listen, uh, th- th- this is directed directly at uh, Brendan and Dan. Uh, th- this platform can change lives. We are masters of content moderation. Uh, we-, we can supply you um, with exactly what your needs are, and um, we can do a better job than anything you're going to find anywhere in the market, and we will dedicate ourselves to make sure that we are the number one um, and best product that you can possibly find for this. Um, we were very great at working very closely with our requesters. Um, so I do have some friends at, at Block One. Um, but um, yeah, we'll be reaching out pretty soon if we don't hear from you guys first. And um, this this will, yeah, I, I, I can see this is a perfect fit and only makes sense because this, this is what we have been training for. And that's what the effect force uh, is for. These platforms are doing, uh, you know, Facebook and Twitter and all of these other things. And we're sure that we're going to be working with some of those big brands as well. But uh, voice is uh, the number one on the hit list. So, yeah, Brendan, Dan, give me a call. That's awesome. I can definitely see a collaboration there as well. That makes a ton of sense. Um, when it comes to decentralization and actually decentralizing your business model over time, obviously, in addition to having a better you know, product, better results, and also being cheaper than something like Amazon's Mechanical Turk, you are, of course, you know, building this decentralized platform. But how do you plan to further decentralize the business model over time? Yeah, that's that's an excellent question and, and something that's incredibly close to to what we're trying to do. We didn't get into this because uh, we wanted to make tons of money and have some big, uh, huge company or something like this. Um, we wanted to do something uh, very innovative at the edge of uh, technology that's brand new um, and try to create some new value and, and decentralized systems was something that uh, is something that we're, we're uh, very, very connected to. So. DAOs and DACs um, are something that we research and we study quite uh, well. And our project is kind of split into two ways. And every single project that, you know, these, these blockchain projects are, are split into two ways. You have the, the decentralized parts, you have the decentralized um, uh, connections and, and mechanics and, and all of this stuff. And then you have the centralized parts. You have to start out semi-centralized um, uh, in this world, especially when you're trying to solve centralized real problems in, in, in this world. Um, so what we strive to do by the end of the year is create a, a DAC, the Effect DAC, which takes our entire community that's been supporting us all the way along the, the, this road and, and outsource all of the jobs that a traditional business would have in, in uh, a decentralized manner and a decentralized platform. So we've talked to the guys at uh, EOS DAC, uh, Luke Stokes, incredible, uh, incredible guy. I don't know if you guys know him, but man, that guy is, is the brightest, most positive dude I've, I've ever Mr. talked Dak to. Mr. DAC himself. He was um, just yeah. um, on, um, wh- where was he? He was one of those guys. Oh, I think it's Michael Yeats. He was on, he's another big DAC guy. He was on Max Dapp recently, really, really, yeah, he was in London, man, and that guy's a legend too. We need to talk to that guy as well. But we talked to 
uh, Luca a, a couple of months ago and just said, listen, this is the idea and this is what we want to do. He goes, that's the most beautiful idea. So we're not going to release all of those ideas, but we, we are going to be working with some of the brightest minds in the world to really decentralize our, our community and the people that work on the Effect Network to build out our, our main vision. I think before we, uh, we, we hit about an hour, I, we said we would do a Q&A. I just uh, queued the audience to drop some questions. Uh, I'm not seeing any favorite food. How about that? Um, I, I, whoa, whoa. <laughs> oh, one, right? Wow. <laughs> all the time. I'm thinking I used to live in Thailand, man. So I'm really missing that Thai food right now, but Indian food. I, I said this, I think I said this uh, on something, um, uh, uh, chicken vindaloo, spicy, spicy chicken vindaloo. That's my favorite food. I love Indonesian food. Also love just a good steak. Um, it, 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 it changes from time to time, but <laughs> hard question. Yeah, wow, you guys got us, man. Yeah. So Born someone, sports pal Lunker Hunter just suggested you should apply for the voice content moderation jobs on behalf of Effect AI. Yeah, don't worry. We're doing that tonight. <laughs> That's awesome. It looks like Uptop Entertainment says, I wanted to ask, how are you guys setting up these accounts for workers without paying for each one? Um, so they need to have a Neos account. At the moment, uh, we're not yet using uh, Liquid accounts or some system where it's free. So at the moment, workers need their own Neos account. Um, it's, it's also, at the moment, I mean, we don't have an excess of tasks. I mean, we have a great and really active workforce. Um, so people can come on board. But for now, you need a Neos account. And, and the workforce is already planning with Neos accounts. Uh, we, will, we will make some, some other mechanism in the future to scale up the workforce. But for now, it's EOS-based. You need EOS accounts to, to work. Awesome. And if you yep. need an EOS account, you can use PayPal at uh, eosnameservice.io if you haven't gotten one already. We have .ai accounts as well, which is kind of cool. That yeah. fits this nicely. Um, it looks like Furcho says, what is phase two and three for Effect AI, obviously after Effect 4. So oh, this is the most important thing. And Virtual, thanks for asking the question. I know Virtual, he's my favorite guy in the world. Um, so I'm going to let Jesse uh, talk about it. But um, yeah, we, we're, we're only touching on the first phase of this. So Jesse's going to tie in the entire vision of the Effect Network and how it works together. Yeah, so it all, it all loops together. So that's, that's, that's what we're currently, what we talked about right now is, is Effect 4, phase one. And it's about structuring and annotating data using humans. Uh, a human workforce. So you can picture that, that the humans are basically an algorithm and data goes in to the force. People are annotating that, labeling pictures, translating text, and the translations and annotations come out. And you already mentioned before that, that these, these tasks in the, in the end will be able to be done by algorithms. So algorithms are getting better and better in translating English to Dutch or to French. And uh, after a while, you won't need a human workforce anymore to do those tasks. So what we're developing next to this is having an algorithm marketplace where you can basically swap uh, certain tasks uh, to be done by algorithms, where it will be a bit faster, it will be a bit cheaper. Um, and you can also choose human. So it will be sort of a seamless way to, to move from human annotations to uh, computer algorithm annotations. So that's a, it's called the Effect Smart Market, phase two, and it's a marketplace for algorithms. So if you have developed a great algorithm, maybe using data from Effect Force, uh, it can detect emotion in images from faces. Uh, you can put that algorithm on effect force and other people can tap into that algorithm and uh, make use of it using EFX tokens to pay for it. So the payment mechanism and the technology of, of interacting with an algorithm is taken care of. The algorithm is still yours. Um, in, phase, 
if, yeah, it's, that's, uh, that's basically it. It's a big thing in itself, but I think it's a natural transition from going like human structuring the data to algorithms uh, annotating data. And then phase three is one step further. It, it's, it's something a bit different. It's about the computational power required to an algorithm. So um, when you build an algorithm, it's, it's, it, it's, it's a bunch of weights. It's a, it's a neural network model. You need to run it on some GPU hardware somewhere. Uh, you need to have that running. Either you can buy it on Amazon in the cloud or in Google, or you can, you can run it yourself on some, on some infrastructure. But it's, it's, it's a bit of a hassle. And uh, the algorithm is still dependent on that central source of computation. So what we're trying to do is we want to decentralize that uh, computational effort. So it means that anybody that has a piece of GPU hardware available can basically um, make that available on the marketplace. It's called effect power. And algorithms can tap into that computing power and pay for it themselves. Uh, so in the smart markets, algorithms are already earning some, some EFX tokens by, by doing annotations. And they can actually pay for their own computation. Uh, so their, their definition is in the blockchain. And they can put on tasks for computation out there, and, and they, it will get picked up by people offering their hardware. So in that scenario, you have like a decentralized, uh, complete decentralized system for running AI. That's awesome. very cool. I like that. That's the the ultimate goal is to make this entire thing decentralized. Very much in the spirit of uh, the entire sort of crypto community. Um, it looks like Zach, you want to pull up another question? Yeah, we, 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 me and Rob are like typing to each other. We're like, all right, let's let's close out after this. We're already over an hour, but we got some really good questions. My man Dimitri from uh, BountyBlock.io, he asks, will there be a way to import slash onboard companies to upload their raw data via Effect Force and website APIs? Dimitri is uh, is our pal. All people we know here, man. Uh, answer the question. Definitely, yeah. So we're working. We're working towards having a completely self-serve platform where basically anybody can can go on there and, and upload a data set, uh, create a, a beautiful template for doing the annotation and connecting to the right workforce. So we want to decentralize that part as well. Um, we have a requester interface. It's nearly finished. It will be one of the next things we're going to release. So uh, in the next couple of months, we'll be posting updates and showing you how that interface looks like, where you can actually manage your campaign yourself and add tasks to the force. Uh, and we also have an API connection, which means that you can basically stream in tasks to the platform. Um, we're working with several companies that, that want to do real-life annotations. So basically, uh, websites where comments get posted, they want this real-life feed of comments into the system. So we have an API system that's allowing you to post tasks on the platform. So that's all coming up. It's exciting. Awesome. Rochelle has a great question as well. She says, if a requester on Amazon was looking into putting work on Effect 4 so that people can you know, do whatever tasks they want, what is something you would want them to know to get them to make the switch? Quality, quality, quality. Um, we, we know that Amazon has some troubles. Now, listen, there are some people on uh, Amazon's Mechanical Turk um, that work on Amazon's Mechanical Turk, including Rochelle, who asked that question, um, uh -huh. who are incredible workers um, and have master qualifications on Amazon's MTurk, um, where we're slowly stealing them one by one. Um, so they're great workers, but it's so hard to, to really get all of the quality uh, measurements in there, and especially at a cost-effective way. The second you start to add uh, different quality assurances and, and different aspects to uh, an MTurk task, it starts to get really expensive very, very quickly. Um, so yeah, we, we would say to anybody coming over, give us a shot real quick. If you've been working on Amazon Mechanical Turk over the years, um, and, and even if you're happy with it, give us a call. We'll do some free stuff, a quick little, um, uh, proof of concept, 
and, and show you the the ultimate difference because we can smoke it. We we can smoke those guys ten out of ten times. So um, just just come give it a shot. I like that. Let's smoke them. We're gonna we're gonna change the world. Uh, do we have any more questions, Rob? Or should we go to the uh, moment everyone's been waiting for? Yeah, let's uh, answer this final question. This is from Nova Crypto, who says, "Have you made any interface or any collaboration with Boyd?" Uh, oh, hey, that's that's a good question. Boyd is very interesting because uh, they're, they're they're looking very similar to our Phase Three, so a, a compute engine where where people can um, you know tap into to their system, give their compute, and then earn cryptocurrency for that. Uh, and that's doing tasks in real time. So, yeah, we've talked to John and, and the whole team over at Boyd. Um, they're doing great things. Their interface is absolutely phenomenal. And, um, yeah, we, Effect.ai took part in their 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 season one uh, 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 challenge. So, yeah, it, it was phenomenal. I'm really impressed by those guys. It's really hard to dive deep into projects right now, especially in this uh, point because we've been building and migrating our entire technology to EOS. But we will start uh, – yeah, visiting that, and we look forward to talking to those boys and, and working with them. And that reminds me, I'm going to plug this. We actually have a team set up for this season on Boyd.com. Uh, you could sign up at app.boyd.com, front slash T, front slash everything hyphen EOS. If, if you want to uh, give some of your computational power to help uh, medical climatology and astronomy, machine learning research, uh, sign up for our team. You could uh, basically just run the software and give us some hash power to solve some of these uh, problems. We will also have a team. So everybody out there, join our team. Our team's a little bit better than the everything EOS team. <laughs> that, that's just because we haven't plugged it yet. We'll start plugging more often. We'll crush everybody. <laughs> that's awesome. Now, this has been uh, an awesome interview so far. WWE belt behind you there. I'm coming for the belt. Yeah. <laughs> He's coming to take it. The championship. The champ is here. <laughs> this has been great, though, guys. Uh, we got a lot of good questions answered, uh, a lot of good info. And honestly, I'm, I'm pretty shocked to see just the amount of total requests that are out there right now. So if you guys uh, could just remind people real quick as we close where they can find Effect Force and Effect AI and how they can sign up and start earning EFX. All right. So the website um, to, to kind of see what we're doing is force.effect.ai. And then to register to be a worker on the platform, is worker.effect.ai. So worker.effect.ai, you'll be able to go on there and put in your email address, then you'll get a verification to reset a password and then bang, you're on the system and you can go through the tutorial and then start doing live tasks right now. That's awesome. And do you guys have a Telegram or some place that people can contact you if they wanna get in touch for whatever reason? Yeah, I'm very active in, in Telegram. We're all very active in Telegram. So. Um, yeah, uh, effect. I, I don't know what the symbol is, but look up effect.ai. You'll find us uh, on there. Uh, we have an incredible community of people. Um, the, the absolute best people in the world are in there. Um, so, and I'm very active in there. So if you need to contact me, you'll be there. I'm the most accessible CEO of any company in the world. Um, e even with the demo I showed you, that was my own account. It had my email there. So um, go ahead and email me, whatever. You can contact me any way you want. I'm available 24-7. Perfect. Well, this has been great. I think instead of doing the this is everything EOS, I think we should just all try to time oh, go we, EOS. We got to give away EFX, man. The crowd's. Gonna, oh, that's right. Yeah. I almost forgot. They're, they're going to kill us if we don't give this away. That's all right. Perfect. This is better than a Blancos. Me, me and Jesse are. are give me, give me one second, and we're gonna. How many EFX are they giving away? What's the number? Okay, five thousand. We're gonna pick the. We're gonna pick the number here. Okay. Um, okay. For five thousand EFX tokens. For five thousand, yes. Chris, um, you, you gotta you gotta send me the number in a DM on tel or 
we have to validate okay. this somehow. How, how can we stop anyone from cheating here? Someone's got to send someone a number. Okay, hold we on. Got some people here in the he's going to write down the number over there. <laughs> okay, he's okay. Oh, oh yeah. Trust this. Uh, what do we you're doing? Number there. Okay, hold on. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna message this to you so you can see it to to verify this. And as uh-huh. a reminder, anyone keeping track in their own window, you gotta hit that little toggle for live chat. That way, it's in order because otherwise, the messages. I don't know how Google, or how YouTube sets the order, but you want live chat, not top chat. And by the way, uh, Chris, what's the range that people should be guessing within? Uh, one to a hundred. That's what you guys do usually, right? Perfect. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. great. Okay, so I picked the number, then Jesse picked the number side by side. So one to a hundred. I, I just uh, DM'd it to to Zach the man, the champ. And um, so yeah, I, I guess we get started. Every number that uh, hits the chat, starting now. Let's see who it is. Who's it going to be? Five thousand EFX tokens. It's a pretty uh, significant chunk. That's a lot of micro tasks. Let's see oh, who it is. Fine. Who's it going? Wow, it's it's going fast. Um, I don't know the number. Oh, I saw it. I saw it. I oh. saw it. Sorry, Rob. I, I'm used to you knowing the number. <laughs> I'll, I'll let, these guys, I'll let these guys figure it out. You guys got to call out the winner and let them know how they can contact you to get the. Okay, hold on. I'm just going to make sure that nobody else did it. So pretty smart these people picking these low numbers because i said i picked a number and jesse picked a number but i picked the number zero and jesse after that zero put an eight um so eight is the winner and i think the first one to do it i was just checking was ran how could uh he get a hold of you um through telegram find me on telegram and um then then yeah throw me your your eos account and i'll do it so that's ran r-a-n you picked number eight, and uh, that that was the the winning ticket. Congrats, Rand! Five thousand EFX. That's crazy. And if uh, you guys want to tune in to some of these other episodes for other giveaways, we give away. There's the number. I like it. <laughs> the proof. We give uh, away a lot of things very frequently, so uh, be sure to subscribe for more. And if any projects want to give us tokens to give away, we're more than happy to give away tokens. I I think Chris has tried giving them away in our chat before. He's like, no, give another thing away. You've been wanting to give us tokens. Every episode, I'm trying to give away EFX tokens, but we did it now, so finally, finally done. So that's it for a while. That's awesome. We have a tradition here. We we like to end each show with with a goios we're all going to sign off i'm going to say i'll see you guys on friday at around five i think five o'clock p.m rob uh yep. eastern time on friday we'll see you then i'm signing off i'm zach go i'm rob finch i'm chris and this is jesse from effect.ai and this is everything he goes and then on three one, one two, two three, three. goios smash the thumbs up thank you all for tuning in Thanks, guys.